This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Welcome back, Patriots. Got a very special guest for you today. His name is Jacob Faye. He's 19 years old, but you would never know it if you worked with this great patriot. His knowledge and ability to communicate is amazing for his age. He is an intern in my organization with Convention of States that I work with, and he does a lot for us in the information technology field. But today, what specifically is you know, itching inside of me is I really want to know what a 19-year-old thinks about the world today in general, just everything that's happening in his world, everything that, you know, his view, how he sees things, whether past, present, or future. That's what the podcast is about today, is the opportunity to take a great patriot like Jacob and let him just dump his brain. And, and tell us what he feels about the world today. Without any further ado, welcome, Jacob, to the show. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Well, good. Now, first off, let's kind of do a foundation. Let's tell the audience, you know, where you're from, how you were raised, where did you go to school, and then, then we'll go from there. Yeah, of course. So I, like you said, I'm 19. I've been raised my entire life in Arizona by an absolutely amazing family. And church and homeschooling have been foundational to who I am. We've gone to the same church our entire life, and I've been homeschooled my entire life. And so while I'm happy to share my perspective as a 19-year-old, Sadly, don't think it's the same perspective that many other people my age have, but a large part of that comes from my background, how I was raised. 
specifically being homeschooled because the education system, as I see it, has really influenced people to adopt a totally different worldview than I have. It's not a Christian worldview. It's not a conservative worldview. And so that's something that I was able to receive from the way my parents raised me. So I'm extremely thankful for that. So as a 19-year-old, I definitely recognize that my perspective is different than most people. And I think that just goes to show the importance of how you're raised and how you're educated. And maybe even that can be an encouragement to parents today that if you want to have a different result than the results that the public schools are producing, that colleges are producing, you might want to consider raising your children in an alternative way, not necessarily saying that you have to homeschool, but it's really important from a young age to emphasize the importance of Christian principles and just conservative American principles. That's something that the world doesn't give to your children. And that's something my parents intentionally had to give to me. So yeah, that's definitely a big part of who I am. And that's what brought me here today. So you were raised homeschool mainly in an enclosed family environment. However, I know for a fact you cannot escape the world. You have friends, you associate with people that are outside of your you know, church community, whether it's uh, you know, a friend down the road, somebody you met at the grocery store. So I know you have an idea of how other 19-year-olds think. Because then you can't compare your world view unless you know what their worldview is. So I think you have that ability. I think you understand not only what you believe, but what other people your age believe. So what I would like to ask you is this. Do you have specific friends that when you associate with them and you talk to them, that their ideas and how they think is really confusing to you or or maybe it's just you know they're not in the same realm or the same conceptual idea of a worldview do you have friends that are that are in that situation yeah definitely and there's varying degrees of what that means everyone has disagreements to some degree so a lot of my conservative friends, we still disagree on certain things. Even a lot of my Christian friends, we disagree on doctrine or exactly what the government should and shouldn't do. But then there's definitely a different level. And I think the important thing, what you're getting at is if the rights should be, uh, meaning the political rights, the rights should be willing to still make friends with these people and to still associate with these people. And that's something the left isn't quite as willing to do. The left sees everyone on our side as just being these racist, bigoted, awful people. And so they don't associate with us. And that's a generalization to some extent, but generally speaking, it is true. And so one thing that I think the right does do better at, and this is something that I've personally tried to do, and I would actually encourage conservatives to work at, I do think we have some room for improvement, 
is this is not about making other people feel bad for what they believe. And this is not about making ourselves feel good for what we believe. A lot of people get caught into that. And so what we really love to do is make people that disagree with us to make our friends who don't see things the same way as we do. We love to make them feel stupid for what they believe. And what I've figured out is just from my own experience, that doesn't work. The ultimate goal should be to get people to come to the truth. And if you just insult them for what they believe, they inevitably become more entrenched in their own positions. It's That's what pride does. If someone insults you, you double down on what you believe. And so I think it's really important, something that I've that I strive for, and I would encourage more conservatives to do the same, is we need to be careful that we are still able to reach out to these people, even though they have crazy ideas. And there is a balance. You don't have to accept their ideas. You don't have to approve of their lifestyle necessarily. But we also, it's, it's statesmanship. It's the ability to see that ultimately what matters is bringing people to the truth and to get them on the right side of the issue. And we can't do that by demeaning people and by refusing to associate with them. If, if that's what we do, we're just preaching to the choir. We're speaking into an echo chamber. We're making ourselves feel good about what we believe but we will never make a real impact on the nation. Exactly. And if we do that, then we're doing exactly what the other side is doing. To us. Right. You know, their, their objective is not to listen to anything that we have to say. Their objective is to do one or two things, either through voice, pound it into us, or two, through actions. Through actually doing activism, legal system, whatever it is, to change the laws or be involved in groups that physically and emotionally want to drain us. And the best way to put it is basically beating you down until you submit. Right. And there's, it's tremendous how people do this. And it is not just on one side. It's both sides. It's both sides of the political spectrum. But what the truth is, what the real truth is, is your foundation is what drives what you're talking about. Before a conservative can do what you're recommending, which is the way to do it, they have to come to themselves and, like you said, eliminate that pride from them. And use the principles of the foundation that that makes them a conservative. And the first thing about being a conservative is that all men are free and have liberty. That's the number one idea of being a conservative is that you got little government and big power in the people to have freedom and, and have free will. Now, of course, we got laws. You just don't, can't go out and kill somebody and not have circumstances behind that. That's not part of what we consider free will. Yes, you have the ability to do that, but free will is not breaking the law. 
right. free will is is the ability to determine your outcome in life. And a great example of that is this vaccine. When people say, well, you got to get this vaccine. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have to get it. And there's no law that tells me I have to get it. So the free will that I have is if I don't want to get it, I'm not going to get it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm not killing somebody because I didn't get the vaccine. Now, it depends on who you talk to. Some people will say, well, yeah, because you, you didn't get it. Well, your, your free will said, well, you wanted to get the vaccine. So you did, which is supposed to keep you from getting COVID. So whether I have it or not, if you have the vaccine, it's supposed to stop you from getting it, right? Right. That's what yeah. the vaccine's for. So I think what you're saying is, it is still in line with the regular conservative view. It's, it's, you know, it's not a 19 year old view. It's a conservative view. So, but let's further this discussion because again, I want to know what you think. What, what is Jacob's idea uh, today? What is your position today and your situation, your life, you know, where do you want to go? What are you doing to pursue that? How do you view that? Because other 19-year-olds were going, I have to go to college. I have to get this degree. I have to listen to the college. I have to do everything that these people are telling me to do, or I can't succeed. We're going to take a break and be right back with a great American, Jacob Fay. I apologize for the audio of the recording of my voice i didn't have the right mic selected so the sound is not as good as it should be what's more important is jacob fay sounds great so let's take a break be back to you real soon Alrighty then, we're back with Jacob Fay. 
19-year-old American telling us what his worldview is and how he perceives his future, which is important for all of us that do not understand this new generation. So without further ado, let's continue the conversation with Jacob Fay. Right. So what is Jacob's view on that same philosophy? Yeah, so I graduated in 2020. And to be honest, I was very confused about going to college because half of the conservatives that I know tell me never go to college. College will just indoctrinate you, never go. The other half says you still have to go to college to be successful. And what I found is the right path for me, at least, was somewhere in the middle. I'm not currently going to college. I plan to at some point. But I think because of the pressure, a lot of people make the decision to go to college for the wrong reasons. And for me, coming out of high school, if I went into college, I didn't know what I was going into college for. And so for me personally, I felt like I would rather get some work experience. I I came on with Convention of States. I've been with Convention of States for more than a year now. I've absolutely loved that. And what's interesting is from now until when I first, from now all the way back to when I first graduated, I realized that the reason I would go to college has changed. What I thought I wanted to do has changed. And so this, this varies for different people. But one thing that I would say is extremely important is don't go to college for the wrong reasons. Make sure you know why you're going to college and make sure you're doing it because you feel like it is best for you, not just because everyone is pushing you to go to college. For me, I have a strong conservative foundation. And so I'm not that worried that college would sway me in that. But one thing that's important in understanding young people today, it's important to understand that our world generally pushes people towards the left. The education system, the college system, especially entertainment industry, everything gradually pushes people towards the left. So if you don't have strong political opinions, the major news sources, going to school, all of that is eventually going to turn you into a leftist, generally speaking, because that's where the pressure is. The pressure is to go in the other direction. And that's why I think these de- the decision to go to college should be taken very carefully, made not just for the sake of it, not just because that's what everyone else my age does, because everyone else your age is going in the wrong direction. A lot of young people are going in the wrong direction. And so for me, I think it's important that we're, that young people are intentional in what we do, that we're in, that we're careful not to let the culture push us away from conservative values, to push us away from a love for America, to push us away from God and scripture, because that's what the country is doing right now. And so, yeah, for me personally, that's where I am right now. I still am not going to college, but eventually I would, I think 
I will go to college and that's my plan at some point. But I, I just think for me, it's been very helpful to not just go with the flow of what our culture is doing, because that flow of what the culture expects is resulting in people becoming a leftist and rejecting the values that have traditionally been held in America. Absolutely. Here's, here's a great example of what you're talking about, about people being pushed to go to college. So, for instance, when a person realizes what they want to do and strives for that, right. they're going to succeed. So, for instance, let's say that you decide that you want to have an air conditioning business where you fix air conditioners. Right, home air conditions and so forth. Well, people say, well, you got to go to college for that. Well, no, you don't. Some of the most experienced air conditioning repair people and business people in this world never went to college for air conditioning. They, they got certifications and stuff, but they didn't go to a big university on fixing air conditioners. So people say, well, you know, that's, that's their option. But the importance of this is how this is how important it is to understand why college is not necessarily right for everyone. For instance, let's say you're in your house. Oh, better yet, let's say you're in your college dorm and it's North Carolina and it's July and the air conditioner goes out. Are you going to go and talk to your little college buddies and your friends and say, hey, can somebody fix the air conditioner? Of course not. More than likely, you're going to have a crew that's going to come out there, and none of them ever been to college, but they're experts at fixing air conditioning. And they love doing it. And some of them get paid more than a college student coming right out of college. They take them years to catch up to this right. expert air conditioner repair that never went to college. That's part of what you're talking about. You know, when they're right. saying, it also leads to selfishness. The selfishness part of it is, if you agree that they're going to push me in this direction, well, they're pushing you through selfishness, saying you're going, everything is going to improve for you. So it's about you, you, you. But if you have a life where you want to be a servant and you want to help people and you want to do things to help people, where it's not you, you, you're going to find a different line of work. You're going to do something that where you're more involved in helping people. You know, now there's exceptions to that rule where if you want to be a nurse, you know, you're going to have to go to nursing school. And I mean, there's different, different things like that. And that's just because the laws on place say that you got to have certain credentials to be able to be in certain fields, you know, but generally speaking, you know, 70, 65, 70% of the population of this country don't have a college degree. Well, if that's true, how in the world are we functioning? If, no, if all these people didn't go to college, right? Well, of course we're functioning because people decided not to go to college and, and do those things. So how do you feel about your future? How do you feel about where, you know, where the country is? Good, bad, or indifferent? What do you think we need to do to improve it if it does need to be improved? And how are you actively trying to do that? 
That is such a huge question because there's so much to cover, but generally I am not too excited about the direction the country is heading. And a big part of that is because of my generation and because of the people my age that I interact with who, I mean, polling is showing some of the ridiculous things that we are in support of, socialism being one example. And if you just look at the ideas that people come out of college with, and even the ideas that they're now being exposed to in K through 12 school, it's, it's very concerning because right now we are being led by a generation that had a much more balanced education and yet we are still in a very bad spot. So it's kind of terrifying to imagine what will happen when my generation is fully in control. And so, yeah, that is, that is the part that of the future that is concerning to me. But I think we have to recognize that the country is heading in the wrong direction. I do think that's important because when you don't, when you're not aware of that, the people that I know who generally are indifferent to the fact that America is heading in the wrong direction are indifferent to doing anything else. They, they, they don't see the need for doing something. And that's why, I mean, I've heard that, and you can disagree on the numbers, but I've heard people say that the true conservatives, the people that agree with you and I are no longer in the majority in this country. And I don't know statistically whether or not that is accurate, but I've heard people say that as a positive thing, because we now have to recognize that we are not in control. We cannot just sit around and hope that the country continues to be what we hope it to be, what we hope it is. We have to do something. We have to do something about it. And so that's where I get hope. Just recently, a great example, I was supposed to go out to Texas for a political event and no fault of the organization, but the event had to get canceled literally the day before I was flying out. But I, I just reached out to one of my friends and I said, hey, I still have my plane tickets. Are you going to do something? And are we going to get together, you know, just hang out? I didn't know. Within just less than 48 hours, a group of my friends put together an absolutely amazing event. And the entire purpose of this event was to sharpen each other, to grow in our faith, to grow in our conservative values, to learn how to defend those values, to do something about what we believe. And it was a week-long event of 35 young people my age. And that was so encouraging for me to see that there are people like me. There are people like me who are willing to do something about their beliefs. And we are able to come together and we are able to work together. It was such an encouraging event for me because it, it, it is very easy to feel alone in what you believe and to feel like no one else really agrees with me. No one else believes the same thing that I do, especially I think for young people, because a majority of other young people are at least indifferent 
to conservative values. At worst, they are hostile to my values. And so the fact that there are young people that are willing to do something, that's what's important right now. Not that we believe the right things, but that we're willing to do something about it. That's what really gives me hope for this country. And also to quote one of our founding fathers, duty is ours, results are God's. And I love that quote. And I've said this before. I don't know what the future holds. We may lose America. The American experiments may be coming to an end, but that does not relieve us of our duty. And that does not mean that it isn't the right thing to do, to fight for America, to do our best to preserve our freedoms. And that's something for me that I've been able to accept that the results are God's. He's ultimately in control, but that does not mean that we don't have a responsibility and that we don't have some part to play in this. We each do. We each have that responsibility to fight for America, no matter the outcome, no matter what happens down the road. God has given us this duty and this responsibility, and it is up to us to make the most of it and to actually do something about the, the values and the things that we believe. So we're going to take another break. Listen to what this young man is saying, because it's important for us to understand the generation that 20 years from now is going to be running the country. Hopefully, there's many Jacob Fays out there and that we can convince many of his generation to come back to the truth, to understand that selfishness and pride is wrong for any, any country and any society. This is the turning point, and this young man is telling us all about it. So let's take a break. We'll be right back.
Okay, we're back with the last segment of Jacob Fate. I play these Vietnam songs for a reason. Because during that time frame, 19-year-olds were drafted into the military army to go fight the war, the war in Vietnam. And a lot of them didn't have a choice. Didn't have the option to go to college and pursue a better life. Instead, they were put in the jungles of Vietnam. Good, bad, or different, this is how it is. War happens, war will happen, and will continue to happen. But Jacob Fay is not living in the Vietnam era. He's living in what I would consider a much worse era. At least the country understood what their values were and were fighting communists in a different country. But today... We're fighting it in our country. Without further ado, the last segment with Jacob Fay. That is awesome, Jake. That's awesome. You're you're hitting it right on the nose. Um, like I said, uh, I said it many times on the podcast. You know, people want to sit on the couch, eat bonbons, and watch TV. What are you going to accomplish with that? The only thing is you're going to accomplish is you're going to get fat, you're going to go to sleep, you're going to miss the TV show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's really what it's all about. So you got to get off the couch and get out there, uh, even if it's just at least going to a school board meeting or something, get involved, talking there, you know, talking to the citizens and, and doing things that are necessary. So now you're 19 years old, so I'm going to ask you this question. Are you thinking about someday, when the timing's right, get married and having a family? If you are, why? What 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 is driving you towards that? That's an interesting question. But yes, the answer is definitely yes. And there's no one in particular right now. But I have always felt like one of my goals is to get married young and to start a family young and to raise children the same way that my parents raised me and I can't exactly say that that is part of a conservative worldview but in many ways it is it is something that I think is super important and I to be honest I, I'm not exactly sure why I just think that it is something that God made us to do we were made to do this. And I also think it's really important to do this, um, especially for the sake of we need to be raising kids and leading families that believe the right things, that are willing to do something about what they believe. And the family is extremely important. The family is foundational to our society. There are so many benefits to having strong families and the breakdown of the family in America has in many ways resulted to the breakdown of our country as a whole. A lot of these bad ideas that people get into stem from coming from a broken family. And so for me, I have a very strong family. I've been very blessed to be a part of this family and yeah, my parents got married young. They started a family young. And for me, I think it just gave me that appreci appreciation for the importance of a family and having strong families in our culture. Well, I can add to that. I have two kids. I have a son and a daughter. 
And I have six grandchildren, three boys and three girls. And when I think back of when I was your age, I got married. I was 20 years. I just turned 20 when I got married. And so I think about, you know, how hard it was at the time to raise the kids. And and it is. It's effort. You got to put effort in raising a family. You know, you don't just go, okay, now I got kids and yeah, really focus on it. But now that I'm older and I have grandkids, I look back at the blessing because what these children have done to us, to my wife and I, is they have completed us. When we pass on, when we pass, you know, pass out of this world, I know I have done the things that I think is necessary to have a grateful family, a solid family, and that that is a value that everybody needs to have. There's so many people, and I've met them. I've met, you know, men that never got married in their lives, women that never got married. They're, they're missing something. They, they don't think they are, but they are. They're, they're missing the social connection of a family that God created us to do. So right. to hear the world today not only not want to produce and have a family, but actually, you know, killing babies before they even come out of the womb type. I mean, that, that idea, it, I, I can't fathom it. I, I don't understand it i mean i can understand that there's actions to do it right people make a decision or whatever but i just don't understand why somebody would would be more towards themselves in this world and less towards you know taking care of of you know a child that god has given to them whatever the circumstances are so I'm glad you have the, you know, that conceptual idea. Continue to talk to that, that idea to your friends, your neighbors. You know, it doesn't matter what your political ideas are. The, the objective is, is when people become married, in the right marriage, of course, at the right time, uh, having a family completes them. It, it makes them whole people. And right. their world turns out a lo- whole lot better than people that... You know, are lonely basically. You know, because just having friends ain't gonna do it. Right. <laughs> you think it would, but it's not. It's you, you know, you're you're designed to be in a family and to, to associate with a family. So, any last words, Jacob, that you want to advise us and tell us about being 19 in America? Oh man, I mean, like I said earlier, <laughs> there's so much to say and. It can be frustrating sometimes just to watch how crazy people can be. And I, so I guess my last bit of advice would be one thing that I've had to learn is you have to be honest with where the country is. You have to honestly acknowledge that we are in a very precarious situation and that the future of the country is not guaranteed. But beyond that, try not to get too discouraged by all of the crazy ideas that are out there. Because, I mean, you can just consume your time 
with all of these radical, insane ideas that make absolutely no sense. And that ultimately distracts you from what's more important. And what's more important is not to consume and to totally engulf yourself in these radical ideas and just end up hating the left. But what's really important is that you do like what you were saying, that you actually do something about what you believe, that you start a family, that you are a good member of your own family, that you, you know, educate yourself, actually work towards becoming a better person. And as much as you can avoid the discouragements that will come from the insanity of my generation, I apologize on the rest of my generation that we can be pretty crazy, but there is definitely hope. And so I would just encourage you to not make that your focus, but to focus on God and to focus on his word and what he wants to do in your life, because that will be so much greater than just getting distracted and pulled down by all the insanity of my generation. Awesome. Awesome. Great words of advice. I appreciate your time. Uh, and, you know, as, as you always know, thank you so much for helping us convince the states. We're glad to have you. I'm very proud to, to mention you and help you any way I can. And I appreciate your time coming on the podcast. And we will continue this. You're not going to get off by just, you know, having one or two. You're going to eventually be a regular. And, and then I'm going to throw some big questions at you. You think you had some, some questions today that you're going, well, that's a big question. Well, <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to pick that 19-year-old brain and let's just see what's inside there. So, but anyway, awesome. thank you so much, Jake, for coming. Have a great day. And we will talk to you soon. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And I'm ready to come back whenever you want. And Let's go over all the hard questions that you have for me. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you later. So there you have it. The view of a 19-year-old conservative. Hopefully, maybe, I can get a 19-year-old leftist on this show and they can give us their view, which I'm glad to hear. The only problem is to get them to talk, to have a discussion, to determine the future of our country. Share the podcast. Sorry, sorry about my audio on this recording. Thank you very much for listening. Stand up. Show up. And speak up for the United States of America and our children. This is the Gunny out.